Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the wonderful Georgina Binney about her Writing Back project. So this is a project that Georgina set up that brought together elders and students and created this really supportive pen pal community that address the issue of loneliness. And we talk about why this was particularly useful for international students. We also talk about Georgina's own story and the way in which setting up a volunteer project actually opens up a whole new career path for her. So I hope you enjoy the episode. morning Georgina. morning. So lovely to have you with us. Thank you so much um, for saying yes. Um, I came across you uh, through your project, your Writing Back project, which is just so gorgeous, really elegant um, in the way that it is beneficial to so many people um, with, with actually it starts from quite a simple idea. And I know we're going to talk more about that in a minute. Um, but Yes. So I say thank you for, for being willing to talk more about the issue of um, loneliness and um, the PhD, because I know that this is something that lots of people experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always start with asking about people's own experience of um, doing a PhD and yeah. then how you got into the work that you're doing now. So tell us a little bit about you. Uh, I did a degree in English literature at the University of Sheffield and at the time we didn't really get on to kind of much modern and contemporary literature until our third year and it was that that kind of really I guess kind of really interested me most during my degree and so I had a year out um, at home working and, and earning money and then Uh, started a master's degree in modern and contemporary literature at the University of Leeds. Uh, While I was there, I took a module by Katie Mullen. He taught us a portrait of the artist as a young man by James Joyce and kind of sparked my interest again. I'd read it at undergraduate level and hadn't kind of really got into it then. And then kind of reading it again with Katie kind of started to see far more in the text and I'd initially thought I'll do a dissertation um, for my MA. Well, kind of we changed quite a lot. Originally thought I was going to do World War One poetry, then started and thought actually I'm interested in writing on Joyce and then had this idea of writing on photography in Dubliners. And then from there just thought kind of uh, it kind of almost sort of became sort of the beginning, really, of um, what was then my PhD, what became my PhD dissertation. So after kind of doing that, I thought uh, I'm kind of interested in potentially carrying on. Um, so I applied for an internal uh, scholarship at my department and was successful in that. Um, so that can then went on to fund my PhD on James Joyce and photography. Amazing. I, I love I love listening to how that to people's journeys because it's so often a love story in terms of the way in which you found something and you talk about it, sparking and and having that kind of passion for your for your work um so now you're now you're doing something quite different though so so how did you get into 
um working where you do now uh, so I currently work at the Manchester Cancer Research Centre. So we're a partnership between the University of Manchester, Cancer Research UK and the Christie Hospital. And um, I, uh, well, I went on after the PhD, I went on to do an impact and research fellowship um, connected with the letter writing project um, that we're going to speak about. But it was kind of after the postdoc, um, you kind of, I guess while I was on it, I felt that the postdoc was obviously a route to um, other kind of other uh, other funded kind of postdoctoral fellowships and potentially kind of teaching fellowships or lectureships after that. And I just wasn't sure entirely that was what I wanted to do. So my work on the postdoc had gone away from James Joyce and was very much engaging with charities, engaging with students. So then when I was sort of coming up to the end of that, saw this position, um, which was a recruitment and training officer, advertised at the Manchester Cancer Research Centre and thought, actually, in terms of working with postgraduate students, kind of student engagement, project and programme management and working with charity partners, it seemed to kind of tick a lot of boxes in terms of what I'd been interested in during my postdoc I think I just kind of really wanted to have the opportunity to explore other kind of career paths and other career routes which I hadn't really done before. I think that's really really helpful to hear that story because I, I, I know lots of people get concerned about well where's this PhD going to take me and I think that sense of what you're talking about in terms of other options that are available that it isn't necessarily a linear trajectory there may be all sorts of other things that you come across or other projects that you get involved in I know when I was doing my PhD I then got involved in just to get me out of the house really um arts in health um projects just volunteering on those which then actually led to a whole research project in there so I think that sense of kind of looking wider can be really really useful and, and as you say, for you, actually led you on to a whole different career path. <laughs> Definitely. And I, so I had a, um, during my postdoc, had a really good mentor who said to me, um, well, kind of first of all, we sat down and kind of were chatting um, about my research and what I was interested in doing. He said, you know, kind of you spent the whole time talking about um, your kind of interest in engaging with people and um, kind of projects as well. And, and then kind of he was really kind of pointed out to me which um, kind of seems so obvious now but I don't think at the time it had that you know with the PhD you're an expert in uh, kind of research and problem solving uh, kind of project management and and not just an expert on your subject and that people can be sort of slightly pigeonholed and you think right I've got a PhD on James Joyce and photography that the next job I kind of go to has to link to that rather than mm. thinking actually I've got a PhD and it's given me kind of xyz skills and I can sort of apply to really a whole variety of jobs. Mm. Mm. And I and I love what you said about feeling mm, actually that's not quite for me and going for the thing that that really w- was going to spark you and that you're going to be really engaged in rather than entering into something because it seemed like the right thing to do that that just seems a gorgeous way to live your life and develop a career um so now I want to kind of come back to this this core topic which is the reason I originally contacted you about loneliness and the PhD um and as as we've said is very very common people talk about this a lot um and I wonder 
just to kind of open this up what what's been your experience um because now obviously you're in a you're in a training program too your experience about um loneliness and PhD students so I think so I when I started my PhD at the University of Leeds I was living in Leeds and with people that were part of kind of my PhD cohort as well and then kind of partway through the PhD, moved to Manchester and um, where my partner was living. So kind of moved to working from home on the PhD and then kind of going, going across the Pennines and um, sort of once a week-ish um, at the most. And I really found then, um, so I kind of really found then, I think that was kind of one of the first times I thought, actually, I'm really not kind of speaking to many people a day that um, the PhD is obviously quite solitary but I think there's a real difference between working on your PhD remotely and kind of working in your PhD at um, say kind of postgraduate research centre where there's sort of lots of people about each day and hmm. um, but I'd actually um, say the project that I'd founded kind of thinking about loneliness in students and older people I'd actually kind of set up uh, a few years before that and kind of that had really sort of come about um, from uh, writing to my grandma and then kind of seeing that she would write to other students as well and then kind of volunteering at a care home. So even when I moved to Leeds and I didn't know anyone kind of initially when I moved there, but then I started kind of volunteering at a local care home and then also at a local community centre doing English teaching. I always found that kind of volunteering um, was a really good way of sort of feeling more part of the community, feeling more connected with people um, and actually looking at kind of loneliness research and sort of loneliness statistics. Uh, kind of loneliness has been found to be really prevalent in young renters um, who kind of almost sort of lose that sense of identity. And I think particularly when you're doing a PhD or you're doing a postdoc and you're moving from kind of different fixed term contracts um, I think it can be quite hard sometimes to sort of feel that sense of connection um, that you might get when you're sort of settled in one place and feel kind of more part of the community or kind of more in touch with your neighbours. Yeah because there's something isn't there about the just doing some reading around it that actually this research that it's actually about the, the quality of the relationships that you're having rather than the quantities or actually you could be you know having lots of conversations with people but actually not having that sense of connection is, is what what you're talking about um, um yeah definitely and I think even so you could be uh you could kind of be doing a I think it works completely the other way around as well that you could be doing a PhD and you could be um you know kind of seeing people on your cohort every day um kind of surrounded by people and um, I mean you see kind of obviously students and they're in the libraries they're surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of people um but you, it's yeah it's exactly that kind of those more intimate connections that kind of make things I think more fulfilling as well well I, I just realized uh, I, I remembering that when I was on uh, doing my PhD I realized something was seriously up for me when somebody rang me for a, like a market research telephone conversation and I didn't want to let them get off the phone <laughs> just get them talking I was like okay so now I do need to do something about myself because I'm obviously so desperate to have a conversation with somebody because I am sitting on my own all day um so that sense of it, it being quite a, a common experience and, and things that you could do about that and you you've talked about kind of volunteering you talked about I've talked about other with other people on the podcast about taking part-time jobs and having that but now I want to get to 
this fantastic project which you um had set up um which is called writing back so tell us about writing back yeah so I've touched on it kind of a little bit so um, I set up this project in 2014 so I'd always written to my uh, grandma when I was a student at university and she used to write to other students who were part of her church congregation and she (laughs) used to send me I don't think anyone they ever knew this um she used to send me their letters uh, to read as well and she used to send me kind of letters written by family members she'd always sort of do a round robin with other people's correspondence where she'd send it on and say oh I thought you might want to see what this person and was up to um, and kind of obviously as an English literature student and um, kind of having that sort of love of reading and writing anyway and um, that kind of sparked a kind of sparked this thought that maybe actually um, in terms of kind of working at Leeds and studying at Leeds as well maybe there was a way of kind of replicating um, that sort of letter writing connection on a wider scale and um, I'd also so I'd volunteered at a local care home and I think kind of particularly you saw how um, how kind of one visit sort of one visit and kind of one form of conversation for some of the residents obviously was kind of very limited but equally and um, when I'd and um, when I'd gone kind of out to community groups and sort of engaged with charities more I found that a lot of the kind of older people um, that I met often uh, they might have been kind of part of a long-standing community they might be kind of quite active um, and doing a lot and then when I was teaching at Leeds as well and and um, used to have my office hours you'd kind of I thought it was really then that I was thinking actually I don't think kind of loneliness is necessarily confined to one group that some of the students that I meet um, seem to be experiencing homesickness uh, or loneliness and some of the older people that I was coming into contact did as well but also these older people had these sort of connections to the communities and roots that I thought it might be beneficial for the students to help them kind of feel more connected with the wider community mm. by linking them up with an older resident who'd sort of knew Leeds or knew the area or had things that they might want to share with them as well. That's really gorgeous. And I know that there was there's this, in terms of this local knowledge and, and being part of the community, I know that you've you've worked particularly with the overseas students too, because obviously there has there's a particular um element to that if you if you've come from another country to study there's that that kind of that yeah that brings its own um difficulties there too can you say a bit more about that in terms of the work with overseas students yeah so I um I set up the project initially in my department which was the school of English and had a couple of international undergraduate students but it was mainly home-based students involved at that stage then a few years later, um, someone put me in touch with a contact at the International Student Office um, at Leeds. And kind of we started talking about involving international students as well. So from uh, 2017, we had international postgraduate students who opted to take part in the project as well. And kind of with what I really found kind of interesting um, in their letters as well was, you know, kind of there was almost they sort of they had to have such good English skills to kind of come over and to study at the university yet they're often sort of quite shy and not necessarily that confident in their inter interactions uh, with their older pen pals so um for them letter writing actually kind of gave them and this is what the kind of they put in feedback as well that letter writing was almost a 
kind of form that gave them a bit more confidence that if when it came to uh, meeting people and speaking in English um, and sort of chatting with them um, on a more informal basis, that was sort of something that they struggled with. And then um, kind of with struggling with that, then kind of found it harder to sort of make connections, say, with people in their labs. Um, one international student had written in his letters about uh, when he went to the labs, people sort of said, hello, or how are you? But they never really had a proper conversation. And actually kind of in his letter writing, had more time to think about, um, you know, kind of think, reflect on his experiences um, and not necessarily have that sort of pressure that he seemed to associate with face-to-face conversations. Mm, that's so interesting, isn't it? And, and kind of coming back to that quality, as you say, a time to reflect. And ask, so it's actually kind of communicating with yourself as well as somebody else too. Um, and the joy, I guess, of receiving the letter and having somebody hear, witness, feedback to you. Um, and did you get feedback from the older people too? Yeah, and that was a, it was always kind of really interesting. So um, the older pen pals would say things like, um, so if they had a student who was studying a particular topic and reading particular books, um, some of them would try and get copies of them and read them as well. Um, they would say things like they really liked uh, kind of writing to a student, kind of help them feel young and kind of connected with the community um, as well. And kind of with a younger community, because I think that's, um, especially in university cities, is really important. So I had one older pen pal who lived on a street with a lot of student halls. And she said she always saw these students kind of going past, um, but never really, never really spoke to them and thought actually... Kind of she sort of said, oh, I kind of want to write to one and find out, you know, kind of what their plans are and what they're doing. And it's sort of that way. And it kind of links back to what I was saying about someone in the lab saying people just say hello or how are you, that you can kind of live and exist around people, but not necessarily um, connect with them directly. Mm -hmm. And we also had in terms of the uh, kind of students and older pen pals and so I matched them based on the common interests um, that they sort of gave me at the start of the academic year but then after I'd matched them up they'd always find all these sort of odd uh, connections and interests as well and say you know they're kind of expected with um, you might get someone in their 20s writing to someone in their 70s or 80s that they expected that they wouldn't have that much in common but actually found kind of when they began to write to each other that they sort of had far more in common than they thought they might initially. So gorgeous, isn't it? And and there's something really magical, isn't there, about having these conversations with other people and finding common things. It's just the the, the human connection is is really beautiful. Um, so this project is still going on, isn't it? So, and um, I, but I know it's not running everywhere, so. And I'm guessing that some people might go, oh, I really, I'd really like to do that. Um, so how could people get involved? Could people set things up for themselves or get advice from your project? Yeah, definitely. So I often get um, kind of people getting in touch with me and saying I'm thinking of doing something similar, kind of happy got any tips. And I'm always happy to chat with people directly about it. And then obviously within Leeds, the international, um, after I kind of moved to Manchester, the International Student Office have taken on the running of the project there. Um, they're kind of thinking I think they're kind of anticipate so we'd normally begin in October and um, students and older pen pals exchanging letters and I think they're going to 
possibly delay that until January as they're expecting a lot of their international postgraduate students to begin their courses then um, due to COVID. Um, but yeah, I'm always kind of happy to chat to people um, with an interest in letter writing or people who might think um, I'm kind of interested in the scheme, but not really sure of kind of the safeguarding or ethics involved. It's, there's a lot of sort of these administrative elements that kind of, I guess, it <laughs> took mm. me quite a while to sort of pick up and learn while I was doing it. But I'd always be happy to chat to people about. Yes, because of course it's deceptively simple. It, it isn't that simple, isn't it? That you just kind of go, oh, there you go, right to each other. There's a, there's a whole lot of work that you're doing behind the scenes. Um, and as you mentioned there, in terms of COVID, of course, I, I imagine there's going to be particular impact to this project this year um, for both elders and um, students. Uh, and what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing to be involved in. Mm. Um, Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, and I am sure there'll be people making contact with you and your, your contact details will be in the show notes so that people can make contact with you. Um, I always rather, you know, unfairly, I think, but I, I always do it anyway, ask people for just a top tip um, at, the, at the end. So a, a, um, a recommendation, something people can take away with them. So any thoughts on if people are feeling lonely or disconnected, top tips? Uh, I think uh, I might give you a couple, actually. So I think top tip number one would be think about volunteering. So um, in terms of volunteering, you know, there are so many things you can find to sort of fit in with your time or schedule. Um, if you're not able to do something in person, there might be kind of telephone befriending, etc. Um, so volunteering, I think, is a really great way to tackle loneliness and connect with others. Awesome. And then, <laughs> secondly, I think just make the most of the kind of opportunities that you have within your PhD. So um, when I was in the PH doing the PhD and set up the project that then became my postdoc and my job afterwards, it was just from identifying, um, we had a Leads for Life uh, £500 grant that students could apply for to set up their own volunteering projects. So I think really make the most of kind of what is at your institution. Mm. And I think a lot of that just came from me uh, you know kind of searching online but then also just emailing people and saying you know um, could you point me in the right direction and so I think kind of top tip one would be volunteering top tip two would probably be just don't be afraid to reach out to people um, and ask for advice ask for help and ask what resources there are out there if you're kind of interested in setting up your own projects or programs amazing amazing and then let us know what it is you're doing <laughs> um Georgina, thank you so much. Um, and uh, thank you for setting up this amazing project. Thank you for talking to us about it. And thank you all for listening. And I will speak to you next time. <laughs>